one hello guys welcome to another episode of the thp strength podcast my name is isaiah Rivera, and i am working with my partner john evans who is a very smart guy with a master's degree in exercise science he's interned at everywhere freaking olympic training centers he's trained with olympic track and field athletes and some of the smartest minds in the athletic training world <laughs> and yeah do you want to introduce me i would love to weighing in 175 pounds six foot one with a eight foot one reach 48 inch vertical we have isaiah rivera the greatest dunker in the entire world the only person to hit a 360 behind the back between the legs a kamikaze and a double up behind I the back the on nine foot 11 and a half also could be 10 depending on how far away the tape measure is from the ground <laughs> <laughs> all right a lot of people get mad about that half inch <laughs> Careful, we're, we're trading on very dangerous That's what territory. she said. All right. <laughs> so this week's podcast is brought to you by Legion Supplements. One of the biggest questions we get asked is, how can I improve recovery? One of the only ways to do this is to give your body more of what it already needs. Increasing bioavailability of these micronutrients can help you. In other words, it lets your body do what it already is trying to do during recovery, but better. Use the code THP at checkout at the Legion website, and you will get a discount for that. Uh, secondly, we want to shout out Hawkins Dynamics. If you're looking for force plates to fact check us, go check them out. They have great leasing options. And finally, if you are trying to get online coaching to jump higher, run faster, look better, be more athletic, improve at your sport, go to thpstrength.com. Get women. Get women. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic is jumping every day. Is it beneficial for your vertical? I guess we should start with our personal experiences with it. I would love John, to. John, what is your experience with jumping every day? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't do this. I was after the wave of the Jordan Kilgannon, Joel Smith article. And I that article was written in 2014, I think. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Maybe 2013. So I was a freshman or a sophomore in college and... I assumed that I would never really jump again because I had so much back pain, herniated discs, and I was just like, this isn't worth it. I'm going to have nerve pain the rest of my life. Just screw this. I don't want to do this. So I'd given up on dunking at the time when that article was written. And then I came across it, I think by 2016, I came across it actually. Because who hasn't read that article? And I think it has like millions of views. Does it not? The yeah. article? I'm actually not sure. I'm, I have it here right now, but it doesn't say how many... It was so it was written in June 2013. Yeah. So it would have been It's about wow, it's about to be 8 years That's ago. That's crazy. So that article came out. I read it. I found it in 2016 cuz I like hadn't really been studying dunking other than I I actually started looking at dunking again whenever you guys were all in Florida just posting sessions all the time. And I was like, yeah. how is it possible that Peter Olson, was that his last name? Peter. Yeah, it's Olson. Peter Olson at 5 foot 8 is doing an East Bay what? And these look like legit rent. I was blown away. And then I saw a video of you doing it. And I was like, this is stupid. What is happening in Florida that all of these little blob athletes that don't train, can't lift the weight, are jumping so much higher than me? And I got back into dunking. And <laughs> so I read that article. And it was, I, I tried it. And it didn't work. I got knee pain really bad. I jumped higher one day. And my knees just got so bad so quickly that it just completely, yeah, it, it obliterated me. I think I, I even had, my idea was, oh, I'll take out the sprinting and I'll put in jumping. Make logical think, thinking, both very intense things. You're going to take out the elastic volume of sprints. You're going to replace it with jumping. 
and I'll still do squats and all the other training, but I'll just so jump. You were still Friday. lifting. What's that? So you were still lifting. Oh yeah. <laughs> I tra- oh. Trained harder than everyone. Of course I was still lifting. No, I'm playing. Actually, I was probably training harder than any dunker at the time, but I wasn't even considering myself a dunker. It was just track and field. And then I was just putting dunking yeah. in basically where the track and field stuff was. And yeah, it got bad really fast. I didn't low rim either. It was just 10 foot, two foot, 10 foot, two foot jumping on 10 feet. And I knew nothing about jump technique. I was just like, I'll just jump as high as I can. <laughs> and yeah. I'd started to do some stuff with jumping, but jump technique, but I couldn't quite figure it out. I just wasn't as knowledgeable as I am now then. And I, yeah, I got hurt right away. And then I promised basically to never do it again. Went to Altus. My knee still hurt for months and months after that. Didn't know about isometrics. Didn't know about rehab. Didn't know about load management. And then got back into dunking. And I think I dunked two or three. I think I dunked twice a week after Altus because they were like, oh, we jump, we long jump on Mondays and Thursdays. And I never, yeah, I never tried it again. But I started dunking more consistently, and I will say that obviously helped a lot. But I, again, I didn't yeah. know then what I know now. I'm way better at dunking now than I was even then. So that's my experience with it. I didn't get it as a kid like all these other freak athletes like you and Jordan and whoever else had the privilege to do that. <laughs> yeah. I maybe dunked once every three months when I was a kid, honestly. Yeah. I think something that is very – like in order to take advantage of it – and this is going to segue into my experience with it. I think it's really important if someone's going to do it, that they do it when they're like, like 12, like 11, 12, 13 years old, when you're already playing every day and you don't have the the output to get yourself hurt. And I think that's something Jordan Kilgannon did. I think he started when he was like 12, 12, 13 years old. That's when he started jumping every day. And I feel like that's a big reason why he became so resilient. Because we, we had this discussion. Um, like you and I talked about this. I remember I was at Duke and I was walking into the weight room and you showed me, I think it was, we were talking about Peter and you were like, uh, like Peter Mannion, not Olson. And you were like, yeah, yeah this dude jumps super high. We should like try to see if he, he'd be interested in getting coached by us or whatever else. Like you were telling me about it and you're like, I think it's like the key. Like you have to jump every day if you want to be a freak. He's, he's, he's yeah. one of the only guys that's jumping every day like this. We need to look into this more. And, and you asked me and I remember it cause I was walking to the weight room and you were like, do you think this is possible to integrate and people should do this and we should be doing this with our athletes? And this is the conclusion we came to, but go ahead, go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's in order to be a absolute, holy crap. There is a huge ass mosquito. Just look. Oh my gosh. Inside <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> He's like mm, looking like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> mm, dumb fit with that blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Juicy. Anyway, sorry. This is my freaking ADHD <laughs> taking over yes. me. But I think in order to become a freak athlete, to have perfect jump technique and just to be a pro dunker level type athlete, even NBA player level, like there has to have been some point in your kid life where you were just jumping every day. You were just trying to jump as high as you can every fucking day, like. Every athlete that I know that has good jump technique was like that. Peter Mannion, right? He hadn't hit puberty yet. He was trying to jump every single day. His technique is on point. Jordan Kuganen, same way. If you look at any pro dunker, I guarantee they were also the same way. Before they developed, they jumped every day. Staples, I feel like he probably did it just through sports and stuff like that. There's guys that get a late start on dunking itself. But I feel like those guys that are still freaks were, were able to. It won't matter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it matters. Yeah. Like, 
and then segueing into my personal experience with it so i was i've always liked dunking and stuff like that but i was mainly just a basketball player and i got a lo- lot of jumping reps through basketball itself there was never a time focused strictly on just trying to jump higher i would say before i was 16 it was just i would play basketball and then at the end of basketball i, w- I would try to touch the rim and, and then i kept trying to dunk like probably as soon as I turned 16 that year was when I started like, trying to dunk more consistently in terms of how often I was trying it. But when I found this article about Jordan Kilgannon and this was summer heading into my senior year, that's like when my eyes were opened. I was like, whoa, like this guy is around. He was around the same level where I'm at right now at 16. He jumped seven, eight hours every single day. That's how he got better. Let let me try that. So that summer I just started jumping every single day. So it wasn't a thing I was doing since I was like 13, 14. Like it was, I was 16. Mind you, I was a late bloomer. So this was also right when I started hitting like a growth spurt. So it was like like the perfect storm to make a lot of gains very quickly. And yeah, I just started jumping every single day. My knees ended up getting wrecked in the process. And I think a big reason for that was I didn't start it when I was young. Like I was starting to have a lot of like pretty high force outputs. I was also weight training at the same time which is also the, the reason i asked you if you were weight training because i think there's a correlation be- guys that try to do this while they're trying to lift a lot end up like screwing themselves over jordan didn't touch a weight until he was like i want to say like 19 or something like that 19 20 that's when he like actually started lifting so he was doing from the age of 13 till 18 19 all he did was jump every day and wouldn't touch a weight yeah like at all so I think that plays a big role in it. Wait, I got to interrupt. Like, I, I st- feel like so many guys yeah. right now listening to this are going to be like, take all the weights out. I need to just jump. That's all I need to do. And I'm like, hey, listen, if yeah. you're not 13, no. <laughs> like, the train left, buddy. Yeah, you can't. You, It's not the solution. And I, there are other things we can discuss about this. But I just had to say that because I know so many people, myself included, like, oh, just take all the weights out. Jump every day. That's the answer. But that won't yeah. work. You will get hurt so fast. Yeah, yeah. Because it's something, a lot of it too is like jump technique, for example. Yeah. If you have terrible jump technique, that's another thing that'll fuck you up. I, genetics I play a huge role in this too, I think. Like as well. I think so genetics what? play a huge role in this too. Massive. Yeah, yeah. Because injury resilience is something that's genetic as well. When I was reading the book by Stuart McGill, he was saying some people are, are blessed with spines that can handle a lot of flexion. A lot of flexion. But like eventually you get fucked up, but like it'll you'll be able to go through a few years of not dealing with any issues. So, yeah, Jeanette. So injury resilience is a big factor in whether or not you can do this. I would say the only way you can do this is if you have really high injury resilience and your technique is like super on on point, And if you're relatively young and well. you progress, it. like and you progress it. Yeah. So, again, we keep going back to Jordan Kugan an example. He didn't start by jumping seven, eight hours a day, every single day. It was like a thing. It would be like, if I remember correctly, I think he, he mentioned this to me building up to it, but I think it was something where it started a couple times a week and it wouldn't be at four hours. And then over time, he just started getting addicted to it. And then it just naturally progressed up from there. So yeah, so it's not something you want to just jump into, but at least for, to close it all out, it's something that I'm glad I did but it was very risky. I could have, I almost quit dunking because my knees were so bad. I ended up having a really bad knee pain. I was only able to handle maybe, I would say 
actually jumping every single day, it was a period of three months that, that first summer where I was just jumping every day. And then every couple of weeks I would take a rest. After those three months, that's when knee pain got really bad and it, it turned into more of a thing. I was doing two days in a row, three days in a row. My knees would hurt, take two, three days off, go back. I could do one session. My knee hurt too bad the next day, take off. It became it became more like that. And then as time progressed on, then it became a thing where it was like, jump three days in a row, now I have to take almost a week off, five, five days off, six days off because my knees are so bad. Then come back and it would be, two days in a row of subpar jumping because my knee again my knees were so bad and if it, it just got to the point where i just couldn't i couldn't handle it anymore like I, I really couldn't and then that's when i started working lifting back in and then then met john focused on the knees so go, go yeah it's something that was very risky yeah there was the i got very lucky because the chances of me succeeding as a pro dunker were very low with how much knee pain I was and how much practice was needed. It was definitely like, I just got lucky. Like I, I just happened to not fuck myself up with irreversible damage. Honestly, <laughs> I remember looking at you, even when you hit the East Bay and thinking, there's no way this kid is a better athlete than me. And I'm not going to lie. I remember thinking that I was 24 or no, I was 22, 23. And I think you were like 18. I think we're what, four years apart. So I yeah. think you were in your freshman year. I remember seeing that and being like, he just did an East Bay. What? No, I was 17. 17. So I was 20. Yeah. 21. So you're like probably 21. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, you're 23 right now, right? I'm yeah. 27. So four years. So if you were 17, I was, but I think I saw it when I was 22. Yeah. Cause I was my second year of grad school. Anyways, I remember seeing it and just being like, or maybe I saw it way later on. I might've seen it like after the fact and just thinking. Cause I did, I, I came up with my YouTube video of all the progress too, like later yeah. on, like I was 18 when that dropped. Yeah. So I think Scotty put it on or it came on Dunkademics. The video was on Dunkademics. And I just remember there were a bunch of people around you hit East Bay and like people went crazy and it was just like, I think Billy posted. Oh, that it. was, that definitely would have been when I was 18. Okay. Yeah. Then. Billy posted it. And I was just, I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, there's no way. And I remember thinking like, I power clean more than this kid. I squat more than this kid. I'm faster than this kid. I do more plyos than this kid. I was like, what is it that he did? I was like, he's not genetically better than me. Just looking at him, there's no way he is cut from a different cloth than I am. I was like, developmentally, yeah. and four years later, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And it, in my brain, it just, I, I could not rationalize. I was like, why? What is he doing that is, is it because he's a two-foot jumper? Is it because, like, he, he just genetics and he's just developing and hitting puberty yeah. i was like how is this possible and for those that don't know like i used to look like a baby no he, it like, was yes you were basically like, wearing i looked like that 17 18 you I might have been wearing cargo pants mentally i looked like a 13 14 year old like you, you might have been wearing cargo pants in this i'm not no i'm just like yeah like i look developmentally at 17 i looked like four i was 14 years yeah, old like, I, and i remember just being blown away by that and being like how the hell is this possible and it wasn't until four years later and, or three, I guess it would have been at that point, two or three years later. Cause at that point I got really into dunking. Cause I was like, again, this is when I tried dunking every day and I got hurt. That was what, that's actually what triggered it. I'm not that I remember that is the video that triggered me to get back into the dunk and dunking and research how you did it. Because I was like, there's, this doesn't make any sense. Like I started following you and yeah. following your progression and being like, this is impossible. There's just absolutely no way that this is this kid could have made this much progress without proper training. And then I started to realize through talking with you that a big part of what made you so good was that you, you did that. And when I had knee pain and stuff and I was like, you're conflicting with these two things to get this good. You need to dunk every day. 
because that's how he got this good. And he's not genetically more gifted than I am. Obviously now years down the line, I actually don't think you're crazy on that note because this is somewhat related. I actually don't believe that you are as genetically freaky gifted as what other people might assume. I look at yeah. myself and I look at you and in terms of our progression or outputs, if you gave me perfectly good hips, I think you and I would be pretty comparable in terms of power clean. We're very comparable in terms of sprints. Yeah. Like anything that's not limited by mobility basically for me, like sprinting, one foot jumping, I don't know what hang cleans. Like we're pretty plyos. Like we're pretty much neck and neck. You know what I mean? Any higher yeah. RFD activity or like high force activity, RDLs, stuff like that. It's like neck and neck. I don't, and I don't consider myself to be a freak athlete at all, especially when you consider the athletes I've worked with in track that are light years more talented than I am. The guys that run 990 in the 100 meter dash or weightlifters that power clean 170 kg or you know what whatever and i look at you and i'm like yeah. he's or looking at jake guys like jay clark like those guys are cut from a different cloth they are another level yeah. of freak i was i'm cut from the same cloth that like like jordan, is, like jordan <laughs> yeah. it's like that i feel like we have above average genetics but it's, it's not, not freaky by any like, means i would say the only thing i'm the thing I'm like actually genetically gifted with is probably like my body proportions. Yeah. I got long arms yeah. and I'm tall. But like, like in terms of output, just raw output, like RFD and power and strength, you're not like, yeah. it, it is literally something that was developed over years and years. And I think yeah. I always find that really interesting. And also I think it's a testament to what you're able to achieve if you do things not perfectly because you didn't do things perfectly, but it's really just a, a war of attrition and, and staying dedicated to it. Yeah. But part of that was that jumping every day and just putting that all together and bringing it back to really what the topic was here is like the ability to stay healthy and the ability to maintain that jumping volume. And by the way, I wasn't trying to shit on you, Isaiah. I just, at the time I was just being as objective as I could sharing that story because yeah. it sounds like I was shitting on you, but like your injury resilience is, I would say if you're going to do it later in life, probably the most important thing and oftentimes guys will eventually get hurt they can't sustain doing that for any period of time like jordan is probably one of the yeah. only guys and even he eventually got a little bit of knee pain that was able to and that was after he wasn't jumping every day i think but yeah, yeah that was after but just like there's a point where you can't do it <laughs> it has a very specific yeah. role in someone's development and it's not a short, another it's not a shortcut that, either. That's the other thing too. It's not a yeah, shortcut. Another person that used to do that is, T, was, yeah. was T used to jump every single day. But I think even him, he, he ended up spraining a ligament in his knee or something like that from jumping every day. He still jumps pretty frequently, but again, it's once your outputs get high enough that like your body just you can't handle it. I think one foot, it. it's like, impossible. It's like, I don't, I don't think for one footers it's possible. I, I just can't, I can't think of one yeah. person, maybe Sutherland, but Sutherland has issues. Like, and he doesn't even jump every day. Yeah. He jumps frequently. When he was with the, the Wizards? When it was with the Wizards, it would be every And day. he had problems. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah. he was probably managing yeah. his jump volume, too. Like, he yeah. wasn't jumping for It's every literally day. a thing. You just, you got to do it when you're young. It's, if you're listening if right now and you're over the age of, if you're past puberty, it's too late. <laughs> like, so if I could, all right. So if I could turn back time, if I could be my own big brother. And oh. I knew, and I was trying to train, and I was trying to train I, myself. Like I knew I'm that. You. Like this is this. I'm you. I, I'm 14 years old. And I knew old. little Isaiah. You're obsessed with basketball. I you want to dunk, I balls. Right? <laughs> Let's say I was 11 years old, 12 years old. I would have one bought a hoop for that I could put outside so that you could lower it. How right? does it go? Number two, 
I would make sure you can move properly. Like, I would make sure you know how to brace your core, stiff in the core, McGill Big 3, that type of thing, that you can hip hinge correctly, that you can sprint. Bro, I used to sprint running on my heels, <laughs> and I would, it was a stomp. Like, like, That's what I'm saying. Bop, like, bop. how like, old were you when you were doing that? Like, I would... I was doing... Like sprinting. I was running... I was sprinting on my heels. I remember the day I found out. I was... 15 okay. i believe because i went to a I track and field practice <laughs> I, I bro i went to a track and field practice and then i was there and i was like and i was talking to my friend joshua villamore he's fast as shit he's a hawaiian kid he's five five seven fast as shit strong as shit <laughs> and i was talking to him and i was like yeah like i want to get faster and stuff and then we were at the tap i went with him to track practice and then he was like, I think he mentioned that I was running on my heels. And I was like, wait, you're supposed to run on your toes? He's like, yeah, bro. And then I started looking at everybody. <laughs> and it was like, bah, 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 bah. and everybody's on their toes. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then I went, literally, we had we were doing like sprints. It was like like 40-meter sprints, 30-meter sprints or some shit, like excels. And then I remember I just went. I just finished the sprint. We talked about that. I was like, oh, shit, let me try it. I went, ran on my toes. And then the coach goes up to me. He's like, hey, like, you want to you wanna go out for the team? I think you're like pretty tired. From not being looked at, literally in one sprint, I just got freaking a second faster. And I was like, whoa, this is the power of running on your toes. Just to be clear, this is why I say I don't think Isaiah is a genetic freak. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you had you so, were put, like pre-puberty at that point, right? Like you had not started developing. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. hit a growth spurt. I was like, So five, you six, were still fat. Maybe you yeah. are a genetic freak. Maybe I'm just, I'm delusional. You're a genetic freak <laughs> in your own way. In your own so, way you are. That's true. Yeah. So I, I think with coordination stuff, like it's weird. I'm like, I would do stuff poorly, but if someone tells me the right way to do something, I can, I can like do it self, the right Like way. guided learning for you, like discovery learning for you was not the best way for you to learn. Someone had to tell you to do This is the other thing, it. bro. Well, discovery learning was with This is the other so. thing. I never had like coaches and shit like that yeah, telling me, me how to do Everything was like yeah, self-taught. I self-taught. <laughs> it's yeah. still self-taught for me. Which is a blessing. <laughs> which is a blessing in disguise because I think that's what allows me to be a good coach yeah. now is the fact that I had to teach myself. That's the same thing is true um, for me. You know what I mean? Like literally PFP. I just got a little bit of condromalacia in my knee like recently. But it's gone, by the way, because I'm a fucking G. But <laughs> like that was guided, self-guided learning. I was like, oh, this is what you have to do to get better. The same thing's true of you in that process too. I mean, obviously, we use yeah, research yeah. to back it up and validate what we're already doing. But then experientially, we validate yeah. it. But Oh, but before we... we, we <laughs> the ADHD oh, God. Is oh, hold. God. This is why so, we need that outline. <laughs> yeah. So I would teach a young me to move properly. I would make sure, right, you can do like sprint development drills, how to run properly, how to sprint properly. I'd probably look at the jump technique. Like after, after basketball practices, I would work on jump technique and stuff like that. And then I would tell, and then I would tell young me, all right, go have a session, do whatever you want. Try to hit a new dunk. Every time you dunk, let's start 30 minutes once a week. And then the ne next week, probably go 45 minutes. So it's an hour. And then I would start adding sessions and then I would make it as fun as possible. And I would probably do that like the just jumping very frequently, I'd probably do that until developmentally I, I start growing and like stuff like that. And then at that back. point, then I would maybe start playing around with, with lifting. Cause if you, from 11 to 14 years of jumping every day, you, at that point, I feel like you have enough jump technique that like you're good for the rest of your life. After that, you're just out increasing output. And also those years you would have built enough coordination doing dunks that you also have the motions for dunks. Yeah. I think, um, dude, it's tough. If I could do it again as a one foot jumper, I tried high jumping almost every day. And that actually didn't, that actually didn't make me better at high jump. Not really. At first it did, but it got to a point where it didn't. Once I cleared 
five ten, yeah. it was not beneficial. See, but for dunking, I think jump it technique been. wise, jump technique wise, I feel like there's a point of diminishing returns. I think the reason it's so beneficial for dunking is because dunking is a two skills: it's jump technique and then dunk technique. Yeah. And people don't know. Or anybody can go and learn how to jump high, like. There's, but there's a difference between jumping high and then jumping high while doing. I'm not a gonna lie. Dunk. Yes, I think uh, that is me. <laughs> yeah, because like for let's take you yeah, for example. This is a good. This is a much. You better. jump high off. You you jump very high off one foot, even compared to a lot of I would say one foot like dunkers. I would, that, what's that interesting are, too is there's not a lot of guys like Austin and I that are under right around six foot or under because technically I'm five eleven and a half without shoes, but I don't tell people that because my spine is compressed. So maybe in the morning I'm six foot. Yeah. But let's say just six foot and under. How many one foot dunkers can you think of, six foot and under, that are as that jump as high as Austin and I and are as good at dunking as we are, right? Like how many guys are there realistically? Yeah. Austin Eli. Austin Burke. <laughs> Austin Burke, which I said Austin and I, which really you just combine both of them. I can't yeah. think of many other guys. Sutherland's tall as shit. Jay Roth's tall as shit. Jay Clark's tall as shit. Gee's tall as shit. Gee's and tall. long. Westerner, there's those Chinese dudes. The Chinese, there's two or three guys from China like, that are under, yeah, that are freak, that are long too. They have long limbs. I think there's one guy, I don't know if you've seen him. I can send you, I, I'd have to do some research and find him. But there's a guy from Japan. Jordan did a FIBA contest against him once. Short limbs. He's probably like 5'10", 5'9". Yeah, no. but it's rare. The point I'm all making is it's pretty rare. And uh, Yeah, when I'm bringing up Chi- Japanese guys... <laughs> That are like random, like that's how you it's know it's common. It's really not common to see one foot jumpers. So yeah, I jump just really to say like putting in perspective for one foot jumpers that are dunking. Oftentimes, if you're to test people on one foot, they don't, they do not jump as high as what people think. <laughs> like, yeah. And so putting that in perspective, like I jump high off one foot. There's, there's unquestionably, I jump high off one foot. I, I very rigorous testing, thirty nine five just a hair under 40 but i think i've hit days over 40 before like i said and if we were to fudge the test i'd definitely be over 40 but that all said putting in perspective dunk technique with that lens yeah so that is when i would integrate jumping every day for a young athlete is like if you want to be a fucking dunker (laughs) yeah like if you want to but for a regular athlete i think i would implement jumping every day until their technique is perfect if someone if i see someone that has perfect jump technique at that point i think it's just about training them properly yeah yes actually actually i would agree with that but i think there's still gains to be the frequency of jumping can go down at that point i agree with that once you because you can lower the frequency two three times a week is still a lot and even then you can decrease the sessions like to me it's more about the quality of those sessions and your ability to retain motor patterning so like for me for example off one foot my one foot technique power jumping is actually very good. And if my hips were a little more like changed in terms of their anatomy, I would, it would be even better. Like I'd be able to get a better push off it and I'd have more speed and I'd hit higher jumps for sure. And I think that if you're at that point, if you're at that point where you already have pretty good jump technique or whatever else, like the frequency of jumping and the quality of jumping are intimately related. So if you have more frequent sessions, but your quality sucks, then it's just, it doesn't really matter. But if you increase the quality of those sessions, like for dunking and for jump technique, if you're able to retain more within one session and you're able to learn how to learn better and you're you're able to connect the dots better as an athlete, 
you're, you need much less practice. And that's something that's so hard to teach. And I talked to Hunter about it because Hunter had a really big day or whatever else. And I've talked about it tons of times with how I increased and PR'd my right foot jump by three inches in a week or two, two weeks or something like that after years of practicing it. And then going from not hitting an East Bay to almost hitting an East Bay, basically using the same technique I used to increase my vertical by three inches and seeing that there is a very consistent, <laughs> clear, concise thing yeah. happening here over and over again in terms of coordination. And again, the quality just increasing drastically, it, it made me way better faster. Like I went from not, yeah. if you had a kid that was able to do that, in terms of jumping every day, they're going to progress way faster. They don't need to jump every day. Yeah. But if you have someone that so, needs to do it to learn, then they're going to need more. They're going to need more reps if they can't connect the dots in their head. Yeah. Also, I think we should also talk about the role of low rim. Low rim. Can you? When it comes to jumping. Yeah. I my bladder is about to explode, Isaiah, because I just chugged coffee. And if you're listening to this, viewers, coffee is the key to my vertical. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to discuss that All right, I will, at length. I will keep them entertained, keep them entertained while I relieve myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. John is using the bathroom. I want to talk about the importance of low rimming when it comes to jumping every day. This is something that is very, for guys that are trying to improve their dunking by jumping frequently, low rimming is something that's very neglected. And it's something that for the guys that became really good at, at dunking and that have good dunk technique, one of the biggest reasons why that happened was because of low rimming, right? There's a couple of benefits to it. One, you can naturally cap the intensity and still practice the motions for whatever dunks it is that you want to hit. It is very, you're not going to be jumping your highest if you're, if you're jumping every day. The whole idea of it is you jump every day and then after a week, maybe a week and a half, then you take a couple of days off and there's super compensation. You start jumping higher when you feel like you're going to have a bad jumping day, you still want to be able to practice the motions. That's when it's a good idea to lower the rim to, to nine feet, eight feet. That way you can practice the, the dunks that you want to hit. And the lower your skill level, the lower of a rim that, that it is that you want to use. So for somebody that can't dunk 10 feet, for example, I would never ask them to keep trying to dunk 10 feet. The only, the only time I would ask somebody to, make their sessions mainly 10 feet is if, if you're at the point where you're like back rimming it. If you're back rimming a dunk consistently, one, your motivation is going to go to shit. If you're far away from dunking and you just go to get rim stuffed all day. <laughs> uh, and two is you're going to be having lower quality reps. You want to practice makes when you're practicing dunking. So that's where that comes in. And then it's even more so important if you want to be like pro dunker level, if you want to be, not even that. If you want to be able to hit windmills and east bays and stuff like that, you have to lower them. You're not going to get better at them by windmilling at half a second revolution per second and then chucking the rim at a 10-foot rim. you got to practice on a height. You can make it. So, yeah, that's a very important factor when it when, with this dunking everyday thing. Everybody has done it has practiced on low rims. People have become good from it. Right now, who is someone that you can look at and say, this kid – dunked every day has great dunk technique and is on his way to being a pro but i know who i have in my mind who's applied what you just said who's currently applying it or who's previously who applied it in the middle it in the maybe whatever travis travis is one dom he jumped yeah dom's the dom one that came to mind for another, me. yeah probably immediately yeah, yeah, yeah 
Yeah, Dom. Actually, Dom is a great example. He was posting. He was posting freaky shit every day. He was developing, jumping every day. His technique. What a surprise! It's good <laughs> as fuck. Dunked oh. hinge on technique, and then he got knee pain. Yeah, and we yeah. were like, "Uh, oh, let us step in." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dom is a good example. Peter Mannion is another great example. I haven't seen um, much from Peter. every pro dunker. Peter is he jumping high right now? He's doing good. He's not posting a lot, but he's right. I think right now he's just getting strong as shit. Like he's been. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of guys like that. The perfect storm comes when. You get a guy that's like genetically gifted for it, and they they jump every day. Even I think even if you have just slightly above average genetics, that's like enough to become a pro dunker. <laughs> if you're tall and you have a, a little above above average genetics, if you jump every day from a young age, like you're on your way to be a like pro dunker. Like think about Dom. Dom's like what five eight or something like that. I think he's I think he's five seven. No, he was standing next to Anthony Height in that video. He was two at least two inches taller. In that video, yeah, yeah. I, I thought so. Yeah, he but anyways, five, he say he's five eight, five nine. Let's say he stayed at that height. I don't think he will. I think Dom will end up being like five eleven or six foot. But if he stays at that height and he just keeps getting freakier in terms of just raw athleticism and output, I think he has potential to be a pro dunker because his hands are unbelievable. <laughs> like his hands are yeah. unbelievable. His jump technique is perfect. And he has a decent predisposition for RFD. I can get you more powerful. I can get you stronger. I can get you faster. I can get you more explosive than, than any other coach can probably do on the planet. And if you have the basis of what he has in place, I don't see why there's any reason yeah. that he couldn't achieve his goal of being a pro dunker. It's just going to be with yeah. the lens also, of, yeah, you might not do a 360 East Bay, but like you're 5'8 doing East Bay. It's People look at that. They look yeah. at your height. Also, there's a big correlation between guys that, like have great hands and great jump technique that are basketball players. If you have an extensive basketball background of playing from a young age, you most likely jumped a shit ton. And then you most likely did ball handling drills. Like you have the technique to put the ball between your legs and go behind the back. Cause like there's a drill I used to do. It's called around the world. I, the coaches, I've literally been doing the drill since I started playing basketball at nine years old. You go around your head, around your waist, around your knees as fast as you can. That's literally the same technique as when you're doing a behind-the-back dunk. And they used to have me do a, a figure-eight drill where you go between your legs as fast as you can in a figure-eight, like stuff like that. There's a big transfer of skill from basketball and dunking. The challenge comes when you get a guy that doesn't have a basketball background and they don't have a background of jumping every day on top of that. And then that's when it's harder to implement like this stuff when later yeah. in life. So, yeah, I feel like we yeah. have covered it pretty thoroughly, I guess in short, should you jump every day? Generally speaking, no, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably past that point where you would have benefited from doing that. And I wouldn't recommend it. If you're in this 15, 16 range, maybe you could try just doing nothing, but jumping start at five yeah. times every day and then go to 10 I times every day. But I don't even know if I would do that. I'd say pre-puberty. How about that? Yeah. I think the more injury resilient you are, the more frequently you can jump. Does that mean you should dunk every day? No. It just means you can probably practice a little. You can have maybe more sessions or longer that's, sessions. That's really the thing that I think this whole podcast can be summed up with is, and I'm sure some of you guys will tag us and be like, you don't have to listen to any of it. Just click on 3743. <laughs> but basically that, 
if you're more injury resilient, you can have more sessions with more jumps in them. If you're less injury resilient, then you need fewer sessions with less jumping. And part of that is your age. Part of that is your pathology, how progressed into it you are. And we tell people like, if you're, if you need to have more sessions and you want to not train, like that's fine. I wouldn't, if you're over the age of 18, I would, or really I'd say post puberty, if you're 16 on, cause most people have hit puberty by 16, you shouldn't be having more than maximum three sessions a week, but more like more than likely not probably two sessions a week is like even too much, not too much. It just depends on what, yeah. what cycling you're on. Like with us, there's a lot of different setups that you can do. And there's one specifically that I like to do for guys. That's like more frequent dunk sessions because of this reason. Exactly. Like everything we just talked yeah. about, <laughs> like for people that are a little less injury resilient, but want to dunk a little bit more frequently, there's a setup that I have been working on and, and finalizing and dialing in over the last, I don't even know, I would say two or three years, actually, honestly. And then there's other setups where it's like, Hey, you can just train your balls off and jump whenever you want or want as much as you can. Cause you're a super injury resilient and I'm not worried about you. And it just kind of depends on where you're at in that progression. There's some guys that just need to get more powerful and stronger and more athletic. And for them training all out is generally the best answer. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to get a cap, but generally speaking, more injury resilient you are, more you can dunk. <laughs> Would not recommend jumping. Every I day. think I, I think over the course of from the age of 16 to 19, I think if you were to put like an average sessions I had, it would is probably like three point two. Three point two. Like I probably had three point two sessions still had per week. <laughs> yeah. So maybe two point five is the answer. Maybe slightly yeah. less than that, which is really what but I said. Two to three. <laughs> basically, yeah, you can get way better at dunking having two to three sessions a week. You'll be fine if you're injury. If you don't have pain, like I think that's all you. Really I want to dunk so bad today, Zay, but it is snowing. And I cannot get out of my, like, there's no way I can get to the gym to dunk. And I'm just so sad about it. It makes me want to buy a truck or move. <laughs> it's okay. I have to do slow strength. Guess today, what I have so. to do today? Slow strength. What? <laughs> hey, slow strength game. Because I have no other option. And now I have to push my dunk session back to Wednesday like you. I'll probably be on the same setup you are this week, actually. Do you think I'll East yeah. Bay this week? On night 10? Fuck yeah. Fuck I yeah. honestly think I can. You have to. I think I can do it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so hyped. All right, guys. With that all said, I feel like we uh, can stop at a good place here. This one was a good one, actually. I actually, I love the podcast, but specifically when Zay and I keep it more free-flowing, it's a lot more fun for us, and it's more yeah. relaxed. It's more fun for us, usually educational. We bring more anecdote into it. Some of these other ones are more like lectures, like where you're in a classroom and you can learn a lot more, but I still <laughs> love these ones. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure that you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube or on the podcast streaming services. I always say this, but I'm pretty good about getting back within the first 24 hours. So if you're listening to this and you're at this point, go ahead and ask a question. It could be on related to the podcast or not. It helps the algorithm, helps us out, and we will catch you on tomorrow's episode. Peace out, guys.